So we go out on Tuesday and Thursday evenings presently. We also have the medical clinics that are set up that are done a little bit more regularly than that. They're kind of a Monday through Friday and sometimes Saturday dynamic. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today is Dennis Kelly with Mercy Watch. Inspired by the extraordinary Jubilee Year of Mercy, declared by Pope Francis in 2016, Mercy Watch established a mission to serve the marginalized and outcasts living on the streets of Snohomish County using street medicine and homeless outreach. The mission is to sow new life, hope, and peace through a commitment to serve and be present to those on the streets mired in addiction, mental health crisis, and poverty, and to work with them for a better future. Mercy Watch is a nonprofit all volunteer organization. If you would like to get involved, go to mercywatch.org. Welcome with me, please, Dennis Kelly or Deacon Kelly with Mercy Watch. So good to talk to you today. Good to talk to you, Lori. It's been a while. How you been? Very good. In fact, good. you might notice that Dennis has that deep voice. He worked in radio. <laughs> That's when I first met him. That's right. We we kind of go back a few years, don't we? Yes, we do. Then you went from radio. I went from radio to, yeah, to, to be the campus minister at uh, Archbishop Murphy High School. And that was after I went through a five-year process of formation to become a deacon in the Catholic Church. After I completed that, and that was about the time that I was kind of stepping out of radio, I had this wonderful opportunity come my way that was, you know, it's funny. I was just getting teenagers out of my house. <laughs> and, and, and then all of a sudden I get this, this request to come in and be around teenagers all day. And I thought, I don't think I like that. <laughs> it was actually kind of a really cool experience. And especially uh, what I find with young people today is they get it when it comes to serving people on the margins, probably better than any of us get it. And so they were just eager to go do really cool things in the world. So that part was really fun. They really are an amazing bunch. And I think it's all young people today. They, they really do understand that we have this society where there are haves and have nots. And they feel a responsibility to take care of those who are in the have not category. Many of them coming from households that, that do quite well. And, and, but they still get that that's, that's an obligation. That's, we're expected to do that. And in a time like this, it will serve oh them God. well. Indeed. So then you went from Archbishop Murphy to... I was in the process of discernment for probably about three years to do something with homelessness uh, in the greater Snohomish County area. I've been working for a number of years with Operation Nightwatch in downtown Seattle, doing outreach on a regular basis. And as I would drive down in the horrible traffic that used to be our reality, <laughs> right? Um, I would ask myself, now, why am I driving from Snohomish County all the way down to Seattle to do this? But it was a group of deacons from the Catholic Church who were on the streets uh, throughout the downtown area working with people. We went into the jungle on a regular basis wow. uh, right after the shooting and and I just knew that, that, that God wanted me to kind of go in that direction with the path of, of my life. And so I started to talk in our parish community up in Everett about the idea of what can we meaningfully do to deal with homelessness. From the preaching side, I've been talking about my experiences, and people would come up and say, hey, what can we do to help? And so we gathered together a group of people. I expected 10 people might show up. We had over 100 people show up for our first meeting in 2016. 
And that was how we launched Mercy Watch. We kind of formed out of the community. Now, we've broadened beyond just the Catholic Church in Everett. We now have people from all sorts of different denominations and even some people who aren't people of faith but who really believe in what we're doing. And that's been kind of a cool thing to watch as it's grown and developed. But we launched it. In the fall of 2016, going out on the streets a couple of nights a week, uh, doing outreach to folks who were experiencing homelessness, our unsheltered friends. And then a year later, just out of happenstance, we noticed on our team of over 100 people, we had quite a few doctors and nurses who wanted to do something really cool. And we decided, well, let's look at this whole concept of street medicine, which is really popular in places like Boston, uh, Pittsburgh has a wonderful uh, street medicine, uh, New York City, Los Angeles. And we started looking at it and realized that there was nobody really doing it here in the state of Washington. And so we reached out to the State Department of Health. We said, this is what we're thinking about in terms of, of how we might grow. And they could not have been more gracious to help us get to a place where we could do that. There's a thing called the Volunteered and Retired Providers Malpractice Insurance that is free for anybody who volunteers or who is retired as a person who's licensed as a medical practitioner. And so they opened the door for us to be a quote-unquote free clinic, even though our clinic was on the streets. We were homeless. We didn't have a real clinic. <laughs> and that's how that door opened. And that opened in 2017. So since 2016, we've had the outreach going out of the streets. Since 2017, we've had the medical team joining our outreach and then have also set up medical clinics in different locations like Everett Gospel Mission, the Needle Exchange up in Snohomish County and places like that. So two questions. One is explain street medicine. There are a lot of people who are experiencing homelessness who will either use an emergency department at a hospital when they need anything, or will just ignore the problem that they have and not go to anyone, which is more typical really than anything else. Whatever health challenge they have becomes worse. We have a wonderful person that we know on the street. He had a what he thought was a bite on his hand, and it manifested into him having his hand amputated because the infection got so bad, and he didn't think that he needed to go into the doctor. So street medicine is a way of bringing what you and I would get going to our doctor, but what we find is it's best that we go to them instead of them having to come to us. So we go into the encampments, we check in on people. If they're experiencing health challenges, we deal with them there. If it's critical, we get them connected to professionals who can help them either at the hospital or like a local doctor a community health or CMAR or any of the others that are catering to this community. And what does a typical night look like? We, we found that a lot of the people that we deal with were ever present at nighttime. Mm -hmm. We found them ready, willing, and wanting uh, assistance. And so we found some, what I would call, leaders within our, our unsheltered community who would help us to figure out where to gather. And then normally on a given night, we would encounter between 50 and 100 people. That's kind of changed a little bit with the COVID-19 challenges we're facing right now, you know, because the, the local law authorities don't want people congregating in large groups, they're being broken up. So we're having to find little pockets of people now 
versus what we were seeing prior to COVID-19, which was we could gather in a parking lot and say, hey, we'll be there at seven o'clock and everybody would show up. We're not encouraging that right now just because that's not really healthy and not a good way to keep our community healthy. And they get it. Uh, they understand. So we, we come to them, we find them, and our night can start usually at about six o'clock at night and end sometimes as late as 10 o'clock at night. But that's kind of a typical night. And we typically encounter between 50 and 100 people any given night in Snohomish County. So we go out on Tuesday and Thursday evenings presently. We also have the medical clinics that are set up that are done a little bit more regularly than that. They're kind of a Monday through Friday and sometimes Saturday dynamic. If somebody is listening and they're like, I love that, I want to be part of it, what do they do? I encourage them just to go to our website at mercywatch.org, mercywatch, all one word, M-E-R-C-Y-W-A-T-C-H.org. And they can look at a variety of ways in which they can volunteer. There's a volunteer page that describes all the different ways they can get involved. If they're a medical professional, a doctor, a nurse, a psychiatrist, psychologist, even a social worker, um, there, there are ways that you can become engaged in what we do. If you're just a person who really feels strongly about helping people on the margins, that you know, you could become part of our outreach team. Uh, we go through a fairly extensive formation and training to get people ready for that. So our training really focuses on what we call trauma-focused outreach, knowing that the people we encounter have encountered in their lifetimes probably multiple incidences of trauma that affects how they behave and what they do and what their habits are that may be healthy, some of them not so healthy. And so what we try to do is get people to understand that. Uh, we go through nonviolent conflict resolution, uh, mental health first aid, and then we do a homelessness 101 that helps them to understand how people get to where they are. Those are just some of the things that we try to get the team to understand because it's really difficult, I think, to work with this community if you don't understand the realities that they're dealing with. And in many ways, they feel forgotten by society. They feel like no one really cares. And so we need to have people that are formed in. We're not looking for saviors to come like, <laughs> fix people or save people, but to serve people and to be what we call the ministry of presence, to be present to people who are struggling with all sorts of things from drug and alcohol, substance abuse, to mental health challenges, to just poverty. I mean, a good example of the poverty, we had a woman who reached out to us in 2017 living in a car for three months with her one-year-old child, her, her little baby girl. She wasn't dealing with any of the checkbox things. She was fleeing a challenged marriage, and she was trying to stay safe with her child, and she was living out of her car. So our team kind of surrounded her with love, provided her with all sorts of things, and started to work with her to open doors uh, to get into permanent residency, which she eventually did. And we ended up paying first and last month's rent for her so she could get in. And she's been housed since 2017 and doing well. What I would say is we have this picture of what we think homelessness is, but it's such a complicated thing. You can't just blanket paint everybody into the corner of dealing with mental health crisis. You can't paint them into the corner of being heroin addicted or alcohol addicted. It's everything. It's poverty. It's everything. It's people who haven't recovered from the last great recession we had in 08 and 09 here in the Puget Sound area who lost a, a lot. They might have lost houses and cars and things like that and find themselves struggling. Homelessness, as I share with people, 
It's just complicated. There will be no easy fixes. There are no easy band-aids. What I do know helps is the concept of housing first, which actually started within the Veterans Administration and, and VA participants, but it's now spreading throughout, which is to get people sheltered, take care of that that Maslow's hierarchy of need, number right. one thing, shelter, right? Take care of that shelter. And then from there, you can you can work with them on the things that they want to fix. Like it might be that they want to kick an addiction or they, they want to get some mental health counseling and and maybe even some, some of the wonderful miracles of today's modern science to help them to cope better and deal better with the world or just to get out of the poverty hole that they find themselves in. I love what you say about how there's everybody's so different. What I loved is when people would talk to someone for a couple of hours and as they were leaving, they're like, oh, I really wish I would have met one of the homeless girls. And I'm like, do you know who you were talking to? And to remember that they really are just people like us. That's right. In fact, I would say many of the people that I've experienced on the streets were extremely hard workers their entire career. And they had a setback in their 40s or 50s that knocked them for a loop into a distressing financial circumstance situation and found themselves living homeless. I can't tell you how many people I've met who have been wonderful contributors to society whose lives changed on a dime. Yes. That's that there, but by the grace of God, go each and every one of us. Right. And sometimes I think it's the fear that it could happen to us that makes us put up our guard. That's right. I think we've seen in some of the statistics done on what I would call just the general population, that vast number of people, Americans, are just a few paychecks away from being in the circumstance that these folks are in. And honestly, that's probably my greatest fear right now with what's going on with COVID-19 is that because of the economic challenges that come with it, it's going to push people who you would never think would become homeless into a situation of homelessness. With your knowledge, I'm just curious, what would you say to someone who's like, hey, Dennis, I see this homeless guy all the time? I think that if you can just offer, and it, it, it doesn't cost you a penny, if you can offer them what I call the ministry of presence, I love that. which is just walk up to them and say, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. How's it going? And then just listen to their story. Again, you're not there to fix them. You're yeah. there to walk walk with them and listen. And, and you know, it's amazing. Uh, there are many people in, on our team and others who do this professionally to become very close friends with our friends who have or are experiencing homelessness. Yeah, I I can say that for me, too. I get texts and meet up with them for coffee. (laughs) That's right. And in many instances, homelessness is a place of isolation. It's Mm -hmm. a place of despair. There's a fairly high degree of shame that people have in how did this happen to me? And so if, if they feel that presence that you can give them, you'd be amazed at how healing just that can be in the life of someone who's experiencing homelessness. Now, there are going to be some people that you're going to be a little freaked out to to go (laughs) up and do that with that present in a very unusual way, you know, ranting and raving and screaming and things Mm -hmm. like that. I'm always kind to people, even even those folks, and say, how are you doing? I'm now no longer in Everett. I actually have been asked to be the pastoral leader of two churches in downtown Seattle. One of them is a block off of Pike Place Market on <laughs> 2nd and Stewart. And it actually is a church that's built on the first floor of a Catholic housing services, low-income housing facility. The vast majority of the people have come out of homelessness. So we have a really unique, beautiful community. It's amazing. But I was walking in to the church 
on an evening where this guy is like getting really angry and he's upset and I'm bringing in like seven pizzas from a confirmation party that we had. And I'm thinking to myself, well, this could be interesting, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, he may just decide to, you know, knock me down and take all the pizzas. So I walk up and say, how are you doing tonight? You want a piece of pizza? And he just looked at me and goes, I'd love a piece of pizza. <laughs> and it, it changed everything about his demeanor. In fact, he took a few pieces of pizza. We sat out there and we, we talked for a while. And he shared with me some of what was going on. I think we're afraid sometimes. And I think we have to, as best we can, overcome that fear. And if we see an opening to have a conversation with someone, take it. Never put yourself in a dangerous situation, but there will be times when maybe you're on the bus with somebody who's having a bad day and you can tell by, by how they may be dressed or what they're carrying with them or even how they smell um, yeah. <laughs> you know, that they, they might be experiencing homelessness. Just by saying, how are you doing today? That right there can open a door that can be so healing in the lives of people who are experiencing this. I think we all have this huge desire to be seen and heard. And when you're homeless, you get so much less of that. And even services, they, so many services, they're set up to help, but they get frustrated. And I find yeah. that be like kind of snappy with the homeless people or even some of the feeds I've noticed. It's like rather than eating with them, which now with COVID we can't, but right. that sort of slop the food, move on. Relationship is really what's going to help them the most. It is. And it's amazing when you take the time to do that. And we used to hang out at one of the local feeds quite frequently. You're amazed at some of the, the gifts that, that manifest themselves. In this one location, they've got this beautiful piano in the corner. We were having a conversation with a guy who said, I used to be a classically trained pianist. And I said, well, hey, there's a piano right there. <laughs> he goes, you're right, there is. And he walked over and he played. And that brought me to tears. Mm the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. And it just, it, it, there was a little tension in the room that day. There was something kind of going on in the periphery. But the minute his music started, it's like this peace came over the entire place and everybody just, just sat, enjoyed their meal, continued their conversations and really enjoyed the fact that they had this beautiful music playing in the background. You know, it's just, you're right. It's, it's walking with people and just, just taking a chance Rex uh, uh, down at, at Homeless Seattle talks about, it's just saying hello. If you just take the time to say hello, you'd be amazed at ultimately the door that that can open for someone who's feeling lonely, isolated, and in despair. What you said earlier, we want to be careful and trust our intuition. Right. But if there is somebody like in a corner pretty far from my house, so they wouldn't know where I live, but always there, what does it hurt to just smile I don't have any money because I give my money through an organization. But what right. would it be like to just smile and wave and go on? That's right. I am still a human being. They go into dark places where they don't feel really human. And mm -hmm. as you said, we all need to be seen. We all need to be heard. We all need to, to know that we matter in this world. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you have any other stories to tell us? We still have a well, few minutes. One of my favorite stories was a, a friend of mine. Actually, she was at the, the high school with me, and she saw this woman in her neighborhood. And after she and I had talked a few times, she decided to take a chance and found out what was going on with this woman. And she was really hungry. And so my friend said, what if I bring you some things? What, what do you need? And this woman kind of gave her a list, a very small, modest list. And, you know, my friend went to the store and, and for weeks on end, she would see her and bring her 
just some food, you know, just so she had something to eat. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's just seeing people, seeing their need. And if we can, if we've got the capacity, the ability to offer a hand, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that it's really simple. We tend to make things much more complicated than they need to be. Um, That's kind of our human condition, right? Um, Right. But but if we keep it simple and just say, this is a human being in need, I've got the ability to to get them something that they need. Now, I don't hand over money to people. I just don't. Mm -hmm. But, But I do buy bus cards. I do put some gas into their tank. So a lot of people who are on the streets live in, in their cars. We think it's somewhere between 35 and 40 in Snohomish and King County. Mm-hmm. I will do that gladly, and that's part of our ministry with Mercy Walk, just doing that. I've purchased people food before, like at McDonald's or, or wherever, if somebody's really hungry, just to make sure that they get a meal. It doesn't take that much to do right. that. Say something about the nudge, because so many people say, I don't normally stop and do this, but I felt something. Yeah, yeah. Just listen to that voice inside. We, I think we all have something planted in us by our Creator, whatever faith tradition you believe in, where we're hardwired to care about our brothers and our sisters. And if that nudge is really, really strong, take a chance. Say hello. Spend a few minutes just listening to someone share their story. It may make sense. It may not. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> Had but, a few but, of those but, conversations. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's okay. I always say to people, if you're doing it for yourself, don't do it. Oh, that's good. But, but if you're doing it because you care about someone else, do do it. That is really oh. great information. Oh. But as hard as we think they're homeless, we need to get them housing. And the truth is that may not be what they want right away. They may just need somebody to see them, care about them until they can kind of get to a place where they're ready to be back into housing. Whatever we might be assuming might not be what they need if we're trying to fix. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And so it takes a really deep listening to to hear what it is that they might need. It might be that they need just to talk to a friend that day. They're dealing with some heavy issue, some challenge, and they just need to talk it over with somebody. They need someone to just listen. Nine times out of 10, I find that they they come up with a solution themselves. I had nothing to do with it. I just sat and listened. It's magic. Yeah, and how difficult is that just just to listen? Absolutely. Well, I hate it that our time is up. We have been talking with Dennis Kelly. From Mercy Watch, tell us where we can find out more. Again, just go to mercywatch.org and you can find out about us. And you can contact us on the website on on whatever you might want to do. I have seen things from you. I love what you said about having different congregations and that all this, it seems like in Snohomish County, a lot of the services really don't reinvent the wheel. So if they know somebody doing a different service, they direct them instead of trying to do all the same things. And so I love it that you have this focus of the medical. Yeah, I, I think we, we when we set out, we didn't want to duplicate anything that was being done. That was our mission in trying to form. Somebody is doing something really well, help that somebody to, to do it even better, right? Instead of trying to compete or what have you. And you're right, Sonomish County is really good that way. So famous last words, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I would just say that just remember anybody we see experiencing homelessness on the streets, is somebody's son, somebody's Mm. daughter, somebody's brother, somebody's sister, somebody's friend. Just keep their humanity first and foremost in your brain as, as as you figure out a way to maybe engage them in a conversation. They're a human just like us, and they need love just like us. They do. Well, thank you so much. And it was so great to talk to you. And I just love what you're doing. And I love what you said about their dignity and just not trying to fix them. 
That's, That's so right. great. Yeah. Yeah. We're hardwired in the United States to want to fix people, aren't we? <laughs> oh, we are. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I do um, a workshop on that. <laughs> don't fix yeah. me. Don't yeah. should on me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's a good workshop. I'd, I'd like to send people to that workshop. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm sure we will chat again. So be thinking of some more stories for us. <laughs> yes, you got it. God bless you. You take care of yourself. Thank you. You too, Dennis. Three takeaways. Number one, treat the homeless with dignity. Try to see them as somebody's mother, brother, sister, and that maybe even a few months ago, they had a life like ours. Number two, we're not here to fix them. But if you feel that nudge to say hello or to reach out, just listen and validate. And number three, if you are in the medical field or actually any field and would love to volunteer, this is a great place to put your time and they have a great training program, mercywatch.org. Inspired by the extraordinary Jubilee Year of Mercy, declared by Pope Francis in 2016, Mercy Watch established a mission to serve the marginalized and outcasts living on the streets of Snohomish County using street medicine and homeless outreach. The mission is to sow new life, hope, and peace through a commitment to serve and be present to those on the streets mired in addiction, mental health crisis, and poverty, and to work with them for a better future. So we go out on Tuesday and Thursday evenings presently. We also have the medical clinics that are set up that are done a little bit more regularly than that. They're kind of a Monday through Friday and sometimes Saturday dynamic. Mercy Watch is a nonprofit all-volunteer organization. If you would like to get involved, go to mercywatch.org. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.